So welcome to the show. I'm David Speed. I'm Adam Brazier. And this is Creative Rebels. Uh, it's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We started our first company, Graffiti Life, in a small garage. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But we built the company up to the stage where now we're regularly working with brands like Disney and Nike. And we've been lucky enough to make art all over the world. On this podcast, we interview successful creators. Their advice will enable you to take action and turn your passion into a career. There's literally been no better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people are going to tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to tell you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. Hello. This was an interesting week for you, wasn't it? It was a bit of, bit of therapy. Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, you could call it therapy. I call it bullying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like when I got Dilly in, I was like, yeah, this is, this is something that David's going to really benefit from. Yeah. Um, Dilly sorts people's lives out by getting rid of all of the clutter. So I had to uh, face some home truths of that. Perhaps I, I collect a lot of stuff. But it's, a, it's an interesting wider question, isn't it? That a lot of people who get in contact with us, one of the things they're worried about is money. Yeah. And like my key advice to people is spend less than you earn. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different tips and stuff, but when yeah. you distill it down to its purest form, spend less than you earn is, yeah. is basically the key. And then when you look around your house and you look at the crap that you've accumulated over the years and you go, well, why have I got six of the same colored t-shirt and I've got five pairs of the same shoe? I mean, because they're really comfy and they come in different <laughs> colorways. And, um, but like you look at all of that stuff and, and each, each piece of each thing that you have in your house equals money that yeah. could have been in your bank account had you not bought it. And I think, I mean, obviously there was a lot of jokes in the episode, but I think that over the years I've started to realize, especially through like listing, like when you spend a couple of days listing on eBay, that is grueling yeah, and yeah. I don't want to do it. So I've started to cut myself at the, off at the pass of like recognizing the kind of stuff that I'm going to be selling. So I'm like, then when it comes to buying it, I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then I'm like, right. mm. but this is going to give me pain when it comes to selling it on eBay and yeah. all that half of going to the post office and all those kind of things. Yeah. So I, I think it's very easy to say to someone, spend less than you earn but it took me a long time to get out of those habits because they are habits and I suppose a lot of it's probably like tied up with how you feel about yourself um, what you're trying to project out to other people by owning the things that you own yeah and Um, people like live to their means as well don't they like people as soon as they get a pay rise or like they get a bonus or something they're like oh great I can spend this straight away yeah it's never that saving mentality it's always like well how can I spend this it's like I've got this money how can I spend it it is never that just like well what could I do for this sensibly it's just like oh this is exciting and you get that excitement of having the money so it's just like well i'm going to go and share this excitement by spending it on something yeah because money means nothing does it money means absolutely nothing it's it, money enables you to get things it allows safety and security so i suppose there's that side of things but, i mean but, actual money like we've just agreed that a 10 pound note equals 10 english pounds yeah. but I mean, if I went to Mars and gave the aliens there a tenner for something, they'd look at it and go, well, what's this, mate? Well, if you went to France and gave them that, they'd be like, sorry, mate. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's just this system that, that we've agreed upon, but we, th- like, money won't keep you warm unless you, like, burn it. Mm-hmm. You've got to exchange it for your flat. You've got to exchange it for the clothes that you wear. So it's wrapped up in, um, obviously, there's the things we need, And I mean, we talk in the episode about like sectioning off the money for the things that you need, but then it's working out what you don't need. And Mm -hmm. I think Dilly's an expert in 
working out like looking at everything and being like you don't need that yeah i think what i really took away from this as well is just like the mental health benefits from having a clearer life and like realizing that by having a cluttered messy space that kind of the trickle effect of that just affects you throughout the day so being able to kind of like clear a space have a clean like thing to start with then makes the rest of the day a lot easier. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? So Dilly Carter is a professional declutterer. Her young life was chaotic and she found order in organising. When her mum was diagnosed as bipolar, Dilly realised that a messy house was not conducive to keeping a clear mind. Dilly now helps her clients get rid of the unnecessary stress in their lives by letting go of the things that they don't need. And then I've written here, joined Adam and Dilly in this episode as they bully David, who insists he's a collector, not a hoarder. And for the record, they're action figures, not dolls. <laughs> in this episode, we talk about decluttering, mental health, and enjoying what you have. Enjoy what you have rather than saving everything for best. So many people save stuff for save best. The best yeah. And it's like, why? This is our life living. Hello. Thanks for doing our podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So I know this is your first podcast that you've ever done. You are popping I, my podcast cherry. <laughs> I, I resisted having you on. No offence, <laughs> but because I feel like it might bring home some real home truths for me and difficult things that I'm not ready to deal with yet. <laughs> well, because this... Adam says that I'm a hoarder, don't you? Yeah, he absolutely is. And he actually uses that word. Yes. I think it's been forced upon him. I think when someone says something about you so many times, you kind of start to believe it. Oh, gosh. So he does he walk in your house and go, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm a collector. That's how I term mm, it. He okay. says hoarder. I like, I like the word collector. I might use that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a collector. A, but I'm are you a collector, collector of many things, <laughs> of multiple yeah. things? <laughs> Just yeah. crap. Yeah, um, so I like I like toys from the 80s and 90s, but it's kind of extended into just toys. Just anything I see at a car boot sale, I'm like, that's cool. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so there's no, there's not even any specific genre, it's anything? It's, uh, yeah, I just like toys. I just, if, like, if they're designed well, or if they're a cool character or something, then I'm just like, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. And do you have the space for these things? No. <laughs> Their spare so bedroom is so a there's... toy room. Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people can't come and stay because... Well, they can, but people get quite freaked out by it. I don't know why. But they're, they're sleeping amongst dolls. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, I'm being watched by 5,000 eyes currently. Yeah, they find that creepy. Do you know there are a lot of people that are scared of dolls? Yeah, I mean, let's not, let's not say dolls. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> You're not a collector of dolls. action figures, okay? <laughs> and are they in boxes? <laughs> um, some of them are, but not... So I... I I like the story of of a, of a figure. So like I like that it has a history to it. So I don't it doesn't have to be mint in the box. I do have some stuff that's okay. mint in the box. And how are they organized in that? I see room? I'm getting I'm getting interrogated <laughs> now. <laughs> so currently, because my plan is when we move to a bigger house, and mm-hmm. I know this is the worst, like I know this is the worst. When we move to a bigger house, then I'll be yeah. able to display everything properly. Okay. Um, and then I'll have so Masters of the Universe is what I grew up with, like okay. He Man, Skeletor, yeah. those guys. So we're probably um, similar ages then. Yeah. 80s children, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 80s okay. kids. And so those I've started collecting those like mint on on card so that they're still in the box they're untouched because okay. um, I just think the artwork on the back is just beautiful and it's so nostalgia I look at it and it just takes me back I remember like getting those as a kid and just being the happiest in the world so when you move 
your your aim is to look for a bigger property. To fill it with more to shit. F- to fill yes. it with more stuff. Yeah. That's right. So you're going to pay more money in rent, more money in a mortgage to house your addiction to toys. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but if you have the money to and you have the space to, then great. But as long as you have the space, then that's fine. It's just when you don't have the space and actually it's starting to take over your life that it can become a problem. And that's where people like me will come in and go, OK, it's great to be a collector. But as long as you have the space to put these things in there and when you move to your new house, um, in the back of your mind, you're going to be thinking, OK, but I need to put all my collection here. So you're actually not looking at the room as a spare room. You're looking at somewhere that you're going to build. You're then going to have to build shelves, I presume, to yep. display everything because yep. you can't just have everything piled up. Is it currently just piled up? It's a mixture. <laughs> so there's some shelves, but... Because it got a bit out of hand, there's also some piles. And so do you have everything organised into, so say maybe it's all your He-Mans together, your She-Ra's together? Yes. It is like yeah. that. Oh, so yeah. there is some form of organisation in that room? Some form. So I mean, you- Adam doesn't see it. He <laughs> just sees a pile. Do you just walk in and you're like, oh my goodness, that room, close the door? I'm just like, I can't believe this person has this amount of anything. Because I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> this amount of anything. I'm kind of the opposite. I don't, yeah. I like, I'm not a minimalist, but... I definitely like to have less things. You're good at getting rid of stuff as well. I'm amazing at getting yeah. rid of stuff. And how does your partner feel about your collection? She's an enabler. She's, a- <laughs> She's like, oh, that's cool. You should get that. Oh, okay. So, oh, so that's the worst thing, isn't it? There's the worst. Normally, in, in most relationships, there's always someone that doesn't like it and someone that does. So they're always battling. So it's very interesting that when I go to people's houses, and when there aren't many houses I go to where the husband and the wife or the partners are together. <laughs> Um, and they do it with me. It's always okay. one or the other that's called me in. They're not both in agreement because a lot of people will say, oh, God, what a waste of money. What, we're going to get someone in to help them us organise? You could do that. Everyone says that. You could do that. We're not going to pay someone a ridiculous amount of money or however much money to come in and organise my house. It makes no sense at all. We'll just do it on a Sunday. But what happens is that Sunday never comes. Yes. Because who wants to spend four to six hours sorting out their kitchen cupboards, sorting out their collection room, unless it's your real hobby and you absolutely love it. But even then, you're working five days a week. Why do you want to spend your weekend doing that? You don't really. Yeah. So it- that's why it's so important to get someone else in to go, actually, we can get this done on a weekday, get it cleared, and in the weekend then we've got more time to ourselves. Who is it who gets you in? Is it the person with all the mess or the person well, without it can, the mess? Yeah, it, it can vary. I think what happens is the person that creates the mess or the whole house, even if it's a whole house problem that everyone is, generally the people that get me in, it's because they have... They have They've just got. They've got on top of everything, mm-hmm. and they, they. Sorry, they can't. They can't get on top of everything, and it's all just got a bit chaotic. So they'll call me back in, and or they'll call me in. Sorry, originally, and say, right, we just need help getting back on top. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's one person. It can be lots of contributing factors. Um, so what do you do? What's your What's your job title, would you say? So I'd say I'm a professional organiser. So I go into a chaotic situation and turn it around and make it a lot calmer. So by by that, I would go into, yeah, a really untidy room, a collector's room and say, right, let's make some organisation of this. Let's make it easier to manage so that you can see everything that you've got. Uh, you know, at the moment, everything is piled up on top of each other. Have you separated it? Have you got containers that maybe you can put things in, like to store all your precious things? Maybe we need to put them somewhere else. Because that's the thing, because my stuff's in a pile, I can't enjoy it. Yeah, I can't look can't at the artwork it. because yeah. I can't see it. You haven't even got things on shelves. You haven't even got things in boxes. You haven't got anything labelled. So actually, if you are a real collector of things and you do really love your stuff, why isn't it displayed properly? Mm. 
So it's also something, you know, a lot of people, a lot of women will say, oh, my God, I love my bags, I love my shoes, yet they're all thrown at the bottom of the wardrobe. Yeah. I say, well, you don't really, do you? Because if you really love something, then you would have created shelves. You'd have all your shoes on beautiful shelves. You'd have had all your bags displayed beautifully. So I, I find it hard to believe people when they say, oh, I love fashion, but actually your wardrobe's chaotic. But how can you love fashion? Because you can't see what's in your wardrobe. But if you love your stuff, then you look after it like anything. Mm. The things that you really, really love and cherish will be boxed they'll be displayed they'll look beautiful you know if you look think about your front room what's in your front room that you love everything that you know your most prized possession maybe you've won an award for something for the best podcast of the year and that I mean, probably, will be displayed that will be displayed on the mantelpiece but something you treasure will be well looked after so I think a lot of people they just collect and collect and collect things and say they love things but actually the way they're treating them speaks differently I guess there's human psychology and uh, and a lot involved in there as well. Absolutely, yeah. Because I, I heard something really interesting recently that's really stuck with me. And they were saying, go through your house and everything you see is money. Yes. So that... I was just about to say monetary value is, mm. is the biggest problem. And the reason people don't want to clear things is because of the monetary value of everything, um, especially with kids' toys, for example. People say, oh, my God, you know, they'll they'll, they'll buy and buy and buy their children' toys. I, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else. I have a child. She's five. She loves everything that's big, everything that's pink, everything that's plastic, everything that's horrendous. But she's a five-year-old. She's my first child. She's so my only I, child at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're very similar, actually. Um, yeah, I love... You know, we buy her loads of stuff, but it's trying to clear that stuff because you think, actually, I've just spent £100 on a Barbie plane. Mm. I don't want to get rid of that plane. Even though I hate it, I'm not going to get rid of it because I've spent so much money. So what you have to try and get your head around is that the monetary value, is the monetary value of that item worth the stress that it is causing you? So, for example, if you have spent £1,000 on your collector's toys, um, actually... Is it worth it? If, if to you, yes, it is worth that stress, absolutely keep it. But if that stress is causing arguments between you and your girlfriend, you can't get into that spare room, you can't have family stay over, you can't have visitors, um, and actually every time you walk past that room, you're feeling anxiety, that is not worth the monetary value. So get rid of it, clear it, sort it, organise it, do something about it. It's when that monetary value is worth less than the stress that's when you have to do something about it. It's absolutely fine to keep uh, 20 cars if you're a, a millionaire and you've got a beautiful garage to put them all in. But actually, if you've got 20 cars that are causing you stress because there's nowhere to put them anymore and you've started collecting so many cars that there's nowhere and now you need to buy a bigger house, what is worth? You have to weigh up the difference. Mm. And that's the problem. So if things like in your wardrobe are causing you stress, like your wardrobe is causing you stress, and it's a £5 top, get rid of it, recycle it. There's so many people that need the stuff that you have in your house. There's so many things that you can resell. You know, you could sell maybe even half the toys in your room that you don't actually really love and mm. have a passion for, and use that money to then build a beautiful display, build beautiful shelves, build beautiful boxes to have everything inside it. So it's about transferring things and thinking, actually, what really matters to me? What is really important? What in that room do I really love? And actually, is there anything that I can get rid of and use that money uh, to, to make this room better? Or can I then put that money towards the things I sell that are going to go towards the rent on my next house or the mortgage on my next house? So it's just about, to, you know, transferring things that's what it's about yeah we were talking recently about like saving up for your own redundancy yeah. so if you're looking to kind of go and do something creative kind of break out of the kind of normal nine to five 
you need that money buffer for that. And a lot of people probably have that sat around their house. 100%. If you sold everything now, you might be able to have the next six months of not going out every night and eating all the time, but like enough to survive on to allow you to go and pursue that thing that makes you really, really happy. And that stuff that's there currently sat in your house is holding you back from that. Absolutely, yeah. Because if you think about things that when you buy, when we shop, for example, um, and this is quite a, a big thing, everyone thinks, right, it's a bargain, I'm going to buy it. So maybe there's a maybe there's a, a 1980s statue that instead of it being a £1,000, it's, it's £500. And you think, oh my God, this is £500, it's incredible. But actually, is it a bargain? Or is it you're just buying it because it's been reduced so mm-hmm. for example a top it's 20 pounds but oh, i'm going to get it for five pounds but if is it a bargain if it's going to be sat in your wardrobe and you're never actually going to wear it yeah. you're just buying it because it's cheap so what happens is we're such a nation of buyers that we just buy 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 because everything suddenly got a little reduced price on it and you think you're getting a bargain but actually what you're doing is you're filling your house with so much stuff that's worthless that's cheap that's throwaway fashion and you're not clearing it so you think it's a bargain but actually what it turns out to be is costing you way much more money because in the end you're then going to have to either spend six hours trying to clear that wardrobe you're going to have to pay someone to come around and help you do it or you're just going to be stuck with something that in the end you're going to cost you to sell when you were younger were you like monica geller i was 100 <laughs> and i still am like monica geller i have got that cupboard that no one else sees that's full of crap you know it is i am the you know i'm not the worst my house is very minimal there's not much in it i have don't have many much food in the cupboard there's barely any food in my fridge um but i have exactly what i need and that's it i don't I don't have anything that I don't need. My wardrobe is very minimal. I wear the same outfits on repeat. You know, I'll buy something new. I'll wear it to death. I'll give it to charity. Do the same. So I, I recycle a lot of stuff. Um, I've got a lot of friends that have pre-loved sites and I'll, I'll buy from them, sell something, give it back. You know, so I don't have a lot of stuff. And obviously, you know, I have to practice what I pe- preach as well. And I often yeah. show my own home and show people that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not picture perfect. And that's not what we're trying to achieve by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm trying to do is give people back some headspace and calm just knowing that they know where everything else is in their house just knowing that everything is accessible because the problem that most of us have is not knowing what we have not knowing what's in our wardrobe not knowing what's in that spare room like could you itemize every all of your toys that are in that room probably not because there's so many you don't know oh you could okay you could write you can itemize them i think because i go in there so often yeah just uh because it is a real passion just look just look at them okay um i think i could start from this side and work my way around and I could pretty much name most It could stuff definitely be clearer. It could definitely oh, be more organised, yeah. Organized. yeah. yeah. For, yeah. It could definitely look more organised than it is and you could definitely see it better if, if it were to be organised properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I had a, a, a big eBay, um, like, last couple of months they've been doing that one pound listings thing oh okay yeah um so i've so made, been sat yeah i've made three thousand yeah. pounds on ebay in the past two months just yeah. just getting Look rid of all stuff three thousand pounds mm. mostly incredible. mostly clothing yeah um and but like a few toys as well just stuff yeah. that i was like i don't need that um but yeah i mean i thought i was just sat on that yeah sat on it people are sat on fortunes in their houses i think also like going back to the whole money thing like you and going back to it as well like you're talking about how much time it saves you by not having loads and loads of stuff like mm. time's your most precious commodity absolutely and yeah, it's just taking a few seconds off every single decision because you haven't got such a massive choice to choose from absolutely like if you add that up over your lifetime that's probably like you've got years and years and years extra mm-hmm. to enjoy things because you're not you don't have a million things to choose from every day absolutely i often talk about something called the trail of destruction and this is really important because the trail of destruction is this you wake up in the morning 
and you, first thing you do is you open your eyes. You look in your bedroom and you're surrounded by chaos. Your bedroom is a mess. You go to your bathroom cabinet, you open your bathroom cabinet door, the bathroom cabinet is a mess. You go down the stairs, there's stuff all over the stairs. You go into the hallway, you trip over some shoes. You go into the kitchen, your, kitchens are, your kitchen cupboards are a mess. You then get into your car and your car is a mess. And by the time you've got to work, you're so stressed and you're wondering why. So you have to start correcting the things before you even get mm. to work because all these tiny little things that seem like tiny little things actually are huge things. And before you get to work, you have to be clear in your home because our home is our sanctuary, right? Our bedroom is our sanctuary. I always say to people, you must never, ever have anything to do with work in your bedroom. You, all that should be in your bedroom, I know many people say you shouldn't even have a TV in your bedroom. I do have a TV because, you know, we've got a child. We like to sit on a Sunday morning, watch a movie. That, so that's, that's, that's an extreme. But don't have your laptop in your bedroom. Don't have paperwork in your bedroom. Don't have workbooks, anything associated to work in your bedroom. That needs to be the one place that is calm, that's clear, that you can sleep well from. Um, and the same, you know, you go into your bathroom, your bathroom cabinets need to be clear. Your wardrobe needs to be organised because the first thing we do when we get up is get dressed. So mm -hmm. if you're opening your wardrobe and sighing every morning, think, oh, wear like I don't know what uh, what am I going to wear that's a stress already even though you don't think it is it is because when someone comes in and does your wardrobe for you then you're like wow why didn't I have this done 10 years ago same with your kitchen people are like you could do what you go in and organize someone's kitchen cupboards what a ridiculous job like actually no it's not because if I came in and organized your kitchen you'd be like I didn't even realise it was. I didn't even realise it wasn't organised. Mm. What a difference that's made! Because some people's kitchens don't flow, and we're in our kitchens every day. We're in our houses every day. We're in our bedrooms every day. We're in our wardrobes every day. All these different rooms that you think it doesn't matter. I don't need that service. That's a load of rubbish. Actually, it can make you feel better. So when you wake up in the morning and you're in this beautiful, clear room, you go into the bathroom, you can see everything you want. You can finally find your beautiful face cream that you'd last. You know, you go down the stairs. It's all lovely. Your kitchen, you know, you're making your breakfast, your cereal, your tea bags are where you want them to be. Your milk and sugar is where it should be. And then you're getting into your lovely, beautiful car and you're driving off to work and you skip into work rather than thinking, why do I feel like shit already? People's cars are are the worst aren't they sometimes like it's Some like an extension cars, they can't of... even see their foot well and you're like how what yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, how are you driving in your car how is that not causing you stress and that's something that simple i do little things called a dolly dash it's like a 15 minute today on your dolly dash do something for 15 minutes and that might be get a plastic bag go out to the car and get rid of all those 20 plastic bottles of water you know get a reusable bottle do something like that do one thing i've recently done something as well that's uh, you know five forever what can we change five things forever that are going to reduce what you have in your house so for example something i've got a five-year-old as i said i'm, I'm not going to buy fruit shoots anymore my husband's uh, terrible for buying them he'll go out to the shops and think oh she wants some fruit shoots but we're not going to buy any plastic bottles like that anymore for kids because it's hard when you've got kids to just mm. not not buy because you, you just think oh I'll just buy a load of rubbish because you yeah. do so things like that not buying kitchen roll anymore because it's something that we use in excess no one picks up one bit of kitchen roll everyone if there's kitchen roll on the side you will pick up two three bits and you will wipe whatever it is even if it's a tiny little coffee mark and then chuck it in the bin yeah. so it's just been a bit more mindful about the things that we can reduce cotton wool kitchen kitchen paper plastic bottles obviously i know we're all on a on a big uh you know what's the word 
environmental kick. yeah we all want to do that and it is really hard and I, and I know that everyone is trying and we all do we all trying to do our little bit like I said I've just recently bought an electric car so because I'm in and out of London all the time it made absolute sense why am I paying for so much petrol you mm. know congestion charges all those types of things so it's it is hard though because I know a lot of people are also saying the flip side to decluttering is that you know now landfill is getting fooled with everyone's stuff. Oh God, yeah, you I know never because of that. everyone is thinking, oh my God, everyone's like you know Marie Kondo, obviously, you know that there, there are memes going around, yeah. you know that uh, you know look that everyone's had a Marie Kondo declutter and now the landfills are full of crap. God. So it is, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because we want people to clear. We want people to know what they've got in their houses. I want you to have a clearer, calmer space so that you mentally feel better because there is a direct link to having an organised, clear home and how you feel mentally. So it's really important that you have that calm at home because then, you know, you're going to perform better at work, aren't you? Mm. I think creative people can be some of the worst culprits for this as well. Um, And I know a lot of artists who are, especially if they've got a home studio, um, what tips would you give to someone who's creative but working from home so their space is limited? Absolutely. They have to have a separate space. That's the most important thing. I think if you are creative and you are working from home, you have to try and make sure that your space at home is completely separate to anywhere else. Like I said, there's no point sitting in your bedroom working. Try not to, you know, if you're in a one bedroom flat and you're working in your front room, that's actually a lot of stress. So if you can take it out of your house, always do that. Because I think, like we said, the the stress and the monetary value that you spend, what you have to weigh it up. Actually, is it going to cause you less stress working outside your home and going and renting a space for one hour a week, two yeah. hours a week, mm. so that you can come home and enjoy your space? Because as much as you might be trying to save money, or is that stress causing you a lot of problems at home? Because you might have a partner that's moaning that your stuff is everywhere, your film equipment's everywhere, your paperwork's here. How can you reduce that? Is there, you know, there's so many spaces now in London, all over the place, that you can go and, you know, um, hot desk or go and share an open space. You can go and sit in, you know, the Hoxton down the road and all sit there on your laptops and it's all free. So is there anywhere that you can work that's outside your home? I think for many of us, trying to work from home, it's quite tricky. I think the whole working from home causes a lot of stress. So unless you've got your own specific studio study it has to be a separate room i think if you try and bring your work into an open living room space open kitchen space that's quite stressful because you know as well when you're working from home people are walking in and out the kitchen or and you just want to get stuff done you're always going to be distracted and you're always going to think you know what let's just go let's go and sit in the coffee shop for half an hour Mm. i think people try to work from home and it always sounds like it's such a good idea but I think actually it's much better if you can go and work in an office go and work in an office and then you're not taking anything home with you because I think when you have to take things home with you that's when the, the problems start and that's where the stress is I think you get such a build-up of stress when you're working together you know I grew up in in a very stressful environment my mum and dad worked together and they worked from home a lot of the time my our, our house was so messy because my dad just sat there he was an accountant and there was just paperwork everywhere all the time and because they worked together they didn't weren't only married so they didn't just have normal marital stresses they were working together as well so all I saw was stress and that was in our home environment and it was at their office so it never left so for me I'm a real believer of if you if you don't have to work from home don't and actually I don't think there's as many benefits from working at home I just think it's just okay you can come up you can do what you want you can sort of you know make a cup of tea when you want or wherever but there's so many great spaces now that you can go and do that anywhere else. I just think leave your work at work 
Do you think your mum and dad, that's why you've ended up doing this? 100%. Yeah. It's the only reason. I think the uh, the reason that I've always been um, wanting to help others is because I was just in such a chaotic environment growing up and it was so messy and it was so just, uh, there was just chaos. It's That's all I can describe it as. My, my childhood was chaos. So now I'm completely the opposite. I was like, I will never, ever have that for myself. I'm always going to be neat. I'm always going to be tidy. And because my mum and dad were never there for me, when, they were, when I was growing up, they were always working. I was brought up by my neighbours, basically. And my way of saying thank you to them was to help them tidy and organise. And so it came from a real deep-rooted growing up mm. to now, actually. And it's funny because when you're, when you're in your 20s, you, you don't look at it like that, do you? You think, oh, my God, my house is so stressful and, you know, oh, my house is such a mess. And actually, my mum and dad are never there, so it's great because I can go out and I can go and party and who cares because they're not there. Mm. Um, and they're not home till 11 o'clock at night, so everyone can come around my house. And it's great, isn't it? Uh, and then it's not until you're older that you look back and think, oh, my God, actually, that, wasn't, that probably wasn't right. But now I think, God, look how it's gone full circle because actually what I thought was a negative when I was growing up has actually turned out to now be my career it's helped me in every single way because it made me more independent um you know as going over to my neighbors houses helping them organize and clean and tidy and then deciding actually I like looking after people I mean my mum and dad would pick me up so late that I used to have to pack bags in the shopping center in the supermarket to wait for them so I learned to be really organized pack people's bags do things like that because I was just waiting for them because I was bored so all these things taught me things which at the time I thought was awful because they weren't picking me up but now I think actually that made me who I am because I was quite independent and strong and I could look after myself so as soon as I was old enough to I was gone you know I I moved out when I was 16 17. So who's the first person who paid you to kind of clean or declutter for them? Oh well I used to work for so when I was in my late teens early 20s I worked for um I so I'd started I'd done so many jobs I'd always to do with organisation so when I left school um, I didn't I went to I I went to college uh, I was so bad at maths and my mum um, I got an E in maths at GCSE and my mum said you've got to go to college and redo your maths so I redid it because they're an accountant family (laughs) I redid it and got an E again I was like told you it was absolute total waste of time that was such a waste of a year Um, and then I decided right because I loved organising I loved looking always loved looking after people because you know as I said I was always doing that and um, I thought I'm gonna I want to be a PA so I went and got a job as a PA to three sales directors blagged my way into this job didn't really have loads of experience but you know had the gift of the gab at the time (laughs) so I did that went and worked for three directors loved that Um, then I left and my friend was setting up a tanning and beauty salon he said to me look why don't you run it and design it set it up and I'll, um, I'll back it. And I was like, okay, great. So I did that, ran this tanning and beauty salon. And there was nothing in Shepparton at the time. That's where I grew up. There was no beauty salon. So we really had like gone in at the right time. Every, every Tanning was huge back then. So we had this and I did that. And then um, that was really busy. But I was a bit of a party girl. So I was working in this salon, but at night I was going into all the clubs in London and then like strolling in at like 8 a.m. in the morning and going doing manicures and pedicures. But <laughs> what I was doing is telling everyone where I'd been so everyone used to love it they used to come in for manicures and pedicures and treatment they're like where did you go last night I'm like oh my god I tried this new restaurant <laughs> there's this new bar co- opened called Titanic and I used to know everything about everywhere and it always made me quite good and I thought actually I'm really good at this I'm good at telling everyone where to go and knowing about everything so that led into being a PA really really well and obviously I'd had a bit of experience so then I thought you know what I'm gonna start up my own concierge service and I'm gonna tell people where to go and how to do it so 
I set up this company called Perfect Me and it was an organisation and it was uh, it was a concierge company. So I looked at places like Quintessentially, 10UK mm-hmm. and thought, right, yeah, I can do this because I'm connected. I know everyone everywhere. And like I said, because I'd always grow I was on my own and I grew up, um, I always just knew how to get everything because I had to because I was on my own yeah. a lot of the time. So um, I was a bit of a, like a Dell boy. That's what I like to think. I was a bit of like, yeah, <laughs> D- Dilly will be able to get that. She'll be able to, she'll know someone. I always know someone who can get something. Um, so yeah, I, I basically did that and, um, I set up this concierge company. And so underneath that, I started going into people's houses and organ and saying, look, I'll come be a remote, I'll come and be a PA. And I got this fam- long story short, I got this family, um, a friend from when I worked in the nail bar said, oh, there's a family that live on the Wentworth estate in, 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 um, Virginia water, which is a really wealthy estate in, um, in Surrey. Um, they need some help. You'd be great. So I went and started working for them. So I went in as a remote PA and then just got on with them so well that I ended up moving in and being a living PA and then helping them organise their house. So I was, I mean, but I was doing everything from like picking up kids from nightclubs at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> to cleaning up the puppy poo. So, but it was the best, best job ever. And they were the loveliest, loveliest family. So I worked for them for like three and a half years, I think. And then I met my husband again and decided actually I'm going to go travelling and go off and then when I came back after I'd met him I was like right I'm gonna start carrying on the organization thing um and I did that for a while I'm just you know I did a bit of cleaning for my sister-in-law and I was like she's like you need to go and do this more in people's houses and my mum who was mentally uh my mum's got bipolar so that's where declutter dolly started um because my mum uh, I found her living in complete chaos because she lived in Somerset. I'd moved out years ago. They, her, my, her and my dad moved to Somerset. And after my dad died, she sort of just went on a bit of a downward spiral. And she used to come and visit us. I never used to go and visit her because she'd be like, oh, no, 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 I'll come up to you. I was like, okay. Right. So she was hiding um, So she was hiding yeah. everything that was going on in her house. I was like, okay, no problem. And so i've missed a bit really so when i was um i remember coming home when i was 11 years old and my mum was being held down by about six doctors or something and i think i'd just finished brownies or guides and my neighbor was there and she said oh you better come and sit with us at our house and this was the beginning of my mum having a complete breakdown and like i said my mum and dad worked their whole lives and they literally worked each other into the ground to the point that my mum had a breakdown and so that was the beginning of her episodes and that was the beginning of her getting thrown into mental asylums and so she got sectioned then and then she probably got sectioned 10 times over 10 years um, because she just couldn't cope anymore and back then in the 80s um, you know hospitals were so different and mental institutions were so different and her being thrown into a psychiatric unit of a hospital was quite hardcore because they just thought oh she's lost the plot she's crazy let's throw her into this hospital pump her full of drugs and you know just get her back on the right track because that's probably all they knew things like bipolar weren't really diagnosed much back then people just thought people were crazy and they were up and down there was nothing like that so I think what happened was she got pumped full of the wrong drugs for so long and then became reliant on them so then for the rest of my life she'd you know every couple of six months she'd relapse and go and have to be sectioned again and be running outside naked and all sorts of things so but I'd moved out when I was 17 so I didn't really see much of that all I knew was, that, oh, mum's ill, she's in hospital again, and I'd go and visit her and that would be it because she was in Somerset. So I sort of carried on with my life and she carried on with her life. And then 
my dad stopped working and when he stopped working he became really ill because I think when you've got a brilliant mind for a lot of people and like my dad who was in his 60s 70s um he suddenly stopped working everything just shut off because he had no focus so he didn't have any hobbies he didn't do anything because all he'd done his whole life is work so he'd just gone to he just worked he worked at home he worked at the office and that was his life he had nothing else so when he decided when they said look you're getting really ill you need to stop working he just shut down and everything went downhill so he then went into a home and had to be cared for. So my mum was then on her own. So when he eventually died, I suppose she had no one to go and look after. And that, on top of being ill, just set her off. So I didn't really see her that much. And she'd call every now and again, obviously, and come and visit when she could. And I didn't really see much of her illness until after I was married and came back from Australia to Tring. And I rang her and I said, you know, shall I come and see you? She's like, no, no, no. I said, no, no, I'm going to come and see you. I haven't seen you for ages. And I got to her house and her house was just like, just like a hoarder's paradise. It was just, I could just about get through the front door. She was living in absolute chaos. And I was like, oh my God, how have I not known about this? You know, how has she kept this hidden for so long? Uh, and I thought, God, I'm, I'm, I'm the one to blame because she's, but she'd never told me. She never told me she was living like this because she'd come and visit me and say that everything yeah. was fine. So um, I thought, right, this has got changed. So I literally spent the weekend and I completely turned the house around and some of the first pictures on my Instagram of her, of her house. And I thought, do you know what? I am really good at this. I'm really good at just going in because I was like, right, let's go in, let's change the situation around and let's make it better. And I did it in a weekend. I just turned the whole house around, made it all beautiful. And I thought, do you know what? I should. There's so many people probably like my mum that need help and I love doing it. So maybe I should just do this more maybe I should focus on this and I remember saying to my husband look this is what I'm really good at let me just do it and he's like yeah let's do whatever you think my friend is in marketing said you need to get on Instagram everyone's on Instagram nowadays you should just do your befores and afters because no one you telling people that you go into people's houses and organise them no one gets it mm-hmm. so think of a good name let's think of this. I remember we were on a plane I can't remember where we were but we sat there and brainstormed some names and I was like oh declutter dilly would be great She's like, yeah, but you, that you're 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 stopping yourself from expanding, so you need to be dollies. You need to be plural. Small so if friend. there's more of you, then you know you can send people out, and then eventually your aim is that you won't have to do anything, and you can send people out and just advise people. I was like, okay, so declutter dollies became became a thing, and I just started posting my befores and afters, and it just grew, and it feels like it's taken years for it to grow, um, and you know. As we are with Instagram, you're constantly looking at your numbers thinking, well, you know, there's other people out there that have got 150,000 followers and they're not doing as, they're not doing what I'm doing or they are, but not doing it as well. Or it's really, really hard to focus, but I'm trying to stay in my own lane and just naturally be me and do what I do. And, and, but, you know, I've had some great clients and I've been lucky to work with some really great influencers and people that have helped my Instagram grow. But I, I genuinely love what I do and I love seeing the difference. And like I said, people will, you, you can just, you know, think that, oh, it's you just go in and organise kitchens and houses. But actually it changes so much for people. And having that, have, being able to walk into your house and it be organised and clear and calm and knowing what everything is, is life-changing for so many people. It was for my mum, you know, it made such a big difference to her. Um, and unfortunately now she's she she's quite, she's ill still. So um, 
when I did go there, I said to my husband, she can't live like this anymore. And we'd been renting and we needed to live somewhere. So I said, look, why don't we ask her if she wants to sell her house and help us buy a house and we'll look after her. So that's what we did. And she was like, yeah, because she was in Somerset, I was in Tring, um, and I couldn't, she was too far away from me to be always be able to help yeah. her. So we were just going to sell her house and rent her somewhere for the next five, six years, however long. But we're like, it's such a waste of money. Let's just buy a house. We'll build her an annex at the bottom of our garden and I'll care for her. So that's exactly what we did. So we're in the process of her annex being built at the bottom of the garden at the moment, which is just chipping it away at it slowly. But she lives with us and I care for her and she has a carer every day to make sure she takes her main bulk of tablets because she's on like 30 tablets a day. So there's a lot. Um, But what is interesting and what I was trying to get to is that Clutter is so connected to your mental health. And whether it's a messy desk, a messy car, like I was talking about the trailer destruction, Mm -hmm. it, it it can affect you and it affects relationships. You know, people can split up because one person has got so much chaos that another person can't cope with one person's tidy one person's not and even though you think it's something so simple it really isn't it's a huge contributing factor to the way that we behave and the way that we act every day we all know that if we've had a great weekend and we've cleaned our house out and we've cleaned out the shed or you know we feel incredible come monday morning we're oh yeah we had a really productive weekend you know cleared out the shed cleared out the kitchen now i feel great you know so it really, really matters and it is really linked to mental health. It really is. And I've seen that firsthand, how I changed my mum's life by sorting out her house and the amount of people I have done that will message me going, I can't believe how different I feel because of this, because of what you've done. So it's not just a coming in and, oh, I'm just going to come in and change a few books around and tidy up your cupboards. It's, it's so much more than that. Yeah, because you had to get rid of the label because people were kind of, I, I guess before Instagram and stuff and you were actually able to show what you do, yes. it was kind of the label of being a, just a cleaner. Yeah, absolutely. People would think, oh, you just, you know, oh, you, oh, whose house are you cleaning this week? I'm like, not cleaning anyone's <laughs> house a bit more this complicated week. It's that. a little bit more than that, um, which is fine, though, because I get that. You know, there's, I don't mind that. I don't mind. If you, I've got no qualms about anyone thinking I'm a cleaner. But I think when people see physically what you do, and that's why befores and afters are so important, mm. because it's not just going in and changing a cupboard or changing a room. You know, I, and I, I can walk in and completely in seconds go, right, that needs to be there, that needs to be there. Why is that under there? Why is that there? Why is this there? Looking around. And I do a lot of virtual cleanses, and I I think there aren't many people that do what I do that do that as well because I've really got an eye for what I can see. So so I, they can just FaceTime you. So they can you? FaceTime Whoa. me and I literally will FaceTime them and go, right, spin me around and I'll walk around the house with them and go, right, move this, move that, move this, move that, do this, do that, have a pen and paper ready and I'll give them notes. So it's a consultation about what they need to do in their house and they'll go, right, okay, and they'll go off and do it and then they'll show me their befores and afters and I will maybe they'll on the day they decide to do it, they'll they'll text me and message me going, right, I've moved this there, what do you think? And I'll go, no, move that to here. And then you see the befores and afters and I think, I haven't even been there and that's what Mm, you've done. So it's incredible. So a lot of what I do is basically give people a good pep talk and go, right, this is what you need to do, let's just get it done. Because a lot of the time people just need someone uh, some support they need someone to support them that isn't a family member that isn't anyone in their in their close circle Mm. because we all know what it's like you try and clear out your your cupboard or your wardrobe with your friend someone's gonna go oh i loved you in that dress you've got to keep it (laughs) so and your girlfriend's gonna go oh but you spent so much money on that toy you've got to keep that one (laughs) so i suppose it's it's you being an outsider is a real advantage there's no 100 you always you you don't have you're not tied to those objects emotionally no emotionally 
emotional connection and that's what's great because I can just come in from a practical point of view yeah and be brutal but in the kindest way I always say to people I am really tough but in the nicest way I'm tough but fair (laughs) I'm tough but very fair yeah I'm very fair and I won't ever ever say to people get rid of it and you know make them get rid of something they don't want to get rid of Um, I try and teach you why we why we might be getting rid of something or say right okay well you have got five he-mans yeah, yeah. do you need all of them <laughs> maybe we can just but it's the argentinian it variant <laughs> <laughs> it has yellow belt loops it's different oh, gosh oh please don't let me come to your house what are, <laughs> what are the most kind of common things that you come across when you meet people and go to the houses what's the most common things okay so ipad boxes iPhone boxes. Yep, yep. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> Lots of those that you're definitely going to keep because you're going to sell them, which you never do. Um, I actually so got rid of loads of things, about yeah. a month ago because I was just like, yep. I need to get rid of empty these. Box, take... Empty boxes, number one, empty boxes of any kind, whether it's um, laptop boxes, iPhone boxes, um, shoe boxes. People have cupboards full of empty boxes so their shoes won't be in the boxes they'll just be out but they've got 20 boxes of shoes and you're like well that's why you've got no space because you've got 20 boxes in there things like that using so even having like big things like a a bread maker box that no one even uses Mm. a bread maker and that is the cupboard the box is taking up the top of your wardrobe why were the bread maker boxes in the wardrobe no one knows but Things like that. It's just really simple things. You think, oh, my God, actually, I have got a bread maker and it is in the the empty (laughs) boxes in that cupboard. Um, Yeah, so empty boxes, number one. Number two, things like multiple appliances. So everyone has like 10 appliances in their house and they use one. So things like people have a Nutribullet, a bread maker, a pasta maker, a spiralizer, um, a, a Magimix, a Kenwood mixer, every a juicer, a Jason Vale mixer. They'll have eight different appliances and actually you only probably need one or two. You have to start thinking about multi-use tools, things that you could use. For example, I made at the weekend uh, a curry and I used my Nutribullet for a marinade. So I use it for my smoothies in the morning and I use it for marinades and I use it to chop up things. And I might maybe you need one a little bit bigger but you don't need five of those different appliances so it's about trying to reduce things and use multi-tools people will have 25 different pans when they only use one pan Mm. you use one frying pan you use one pot you know you can again you don't need to have a slow cooker if you've got a big solid pan you can actually use a pan and put that in the oven so it's about thinking things like that do i need the slow cooker that i only use twice in the winter when actually i could just buy a really good le crusoe pan and use that and put my vegetables and my meats in that and put that in the oven all day so it's about thinking about how can i reduce the amount of appliances i've got so there's always over uh, overload of appliances overload of boxes overlook i mean clothes and shoes are always people always have too many clothes and shoes always because we're just a nation of buyers but i think that is slowly changing and i think because of all the environmental impact that it's having people are certainly thinking a lot more before they're buying i don't think people are buying as much um unfortunately though with this i mean we say that though i I think that's that's maybe the circles that we that we're in yeah Yeah. because recently there was the climate strike yeah um and then the day after I was going to a job and I was on Oxford Street and during the climate strike you just felt like this is making real change like this is this must be having a huge impact because look at all of these people mm-hmm. everyone seems to be like and I'm I'm on Twitter all day and I'm just all I'm seeing is climate strike climate strike then the next day on Oxford Circus just the shops were so busy and I was like this did not make any difference no. whatsoever it's- and it's do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. I, I, yes, we all have to do what we can, but like we're so far yeah. from the actual 
steps being taken and the problem is as well we live through social media so we're living mm. and buying now we're buying on instagram now mm. i can't moan because a lot of people buy my service through instagram yeah. so it's great for me um but i don't it's really funny i always say i'm probably the worst influencer to ever have brands because i my whole ethos is to live with less so don't send me anything because i don't want anything <laughs> yeah. don't want anything yeah. don't want any freebies <laughs> and i'm constantly clearing influencers houses and and that, it's really important because you I tell people constantly like all these huge cleaners and all these cleaning accounts and all these products that everyone is getting sent remember these people that you're watching especially like all your Love Island people stuff like that all these throwaway fashion brands all these boohoo misguided all the really cheap fashion that's affordable that people are buying that's and it is throwaway fashion these influencers and all these celebrities that are selling these things they've got rooms that have got that are just full of stuff that they don't know what to do with and that they're getting rid of it they're not buying they're not keeping all the stuff that they've got yeah. so it's really important to remember that all these people that you're watching that you're buying from they they're not keeping it all the cleaners that you watch that are telling you to buy 50 products a week cleaning and fulfill your cupboards with they're going straight to other people. Their cupboards are not full of all those products. They'll have their minimal products and they'll only probably only use four or five yeah. of them to clean their house. You don't need 50 cleaning products under your I sink. I saw some screen grabs on um, Twitter the other week of uh, there be an Instagram post and then next to it would be the deep the Depop post where that influencer is then selling that outfit yeah. that they've posed one time for the gram Absolutely. and then they're getting rid of it. Yeah, of course. That's what, of course, because they can't, they haven't got space. Yeah. You know, they all live in the same size houses as mm. we do. They're not all millionaires with huge, huge houses and dressing rooms that they can fit all these things in. And actually, I think people are saying no much more. Um, but I think, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're young and you've just come off Love Island and you're getting sent all this stuff, you're not, you're not going to say no, are you? You're going to go, yeah, great. This is so amazing. Send yeah. me it all. Send me loads of free stuff. When actually you could say, no, I don't really need it. Do yeah. you really need all the stuff you're being sent? It's lovely to be sent. It's a real double-edged sword because I work for a lot of influencers, but they will tell me the same, you know. A lot of them now, I think, are getting better at saying, actually, I don't need anything more. Mm. I don't need anything. And they'll only promote things that actually that they, they can just have something, small amounts, but they will get gifted. Everything they get sent will be getting sent to someone else. So I mean, we found it and... <laughs> We're just like, where were you when we needed this stuff? Yeah, I know. Like, we yeah. don't need it now. <laughs> yeah. We needed it seven years ago when we were like scraping and clawing for anything that Absolutely. we could get. And yeah. it's like, yeah. But now no. you don't. I think it's just been, it's just trying to make people more aware, isn't it? That's all we're trying to do. And I think that's what most companies are trying to do. Just making people aware that you don't need to say yes to everything. You don't need to buy everything. You don't need to consume your houses. Fill, you don't need to fill your houses with stuff. Mm. And I think... That is the biggest problem as well. We we get a house, we buy a bigger house, we think, oh, we better fill it with more stuff. You know, you don't need to fill it with more stuff. And, and, and a lot of the time when you do buy bigger houses, it doesn't mean you're going to have more storage. And just because you have a big house doesn't mean you need to fill it with things. Yeah. You can't think, right, we're going to buy a bigger house because then I can fill it with more stuff so it won't matter. It's actually, because then it never, it never, it's never enough, no, is it? You'll never, always need a bigger house. Gonna, you know, people, go, people have storage units just to store their stuff. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. That is crazy. If you actually think mm. about, you are paying to have your stuff in a storage unit that you can't even access, that you can't get, that you're not seeing every day. That's a crazy waste of money. Why can't you reduce that stuff? What is it actually in that storage unit? That why have you got it in there? 
people are keeping kids baby clothes in there mm. like go and give it to a family that need it yeah. you know if you're going to have another baby go and buy some more baby clothes you know don't just you know go and, don't pay for it to be in storage that you're paying you know 200 quid a month for how much people waste hundreds yeah. and thousands of pounds on storage when actually in 20 years they think oh god i didn't need it and it's it's really important to think as well like look at your parents now and start saying to them please start selling stuff now don't leave us with houses to clear because well, yeah. that's what will happen yeah. and as morbid as that seems you have to think actually try and get them to start organizing their stuff now try and get them to get rid of their stuff because what will happen is you get left all these lovely houses and you've got left full of stuff that you don't need and then suddenly you're just getting rid of it here there and everywhere when actually you could start doing that and using the money for yourself now mm. they could start using the money for themselves now and going on nicer holidays you know and doing things for themselves rather than thinking oh i better keep that for him because he's going to want that antique bit of furniture yeah. when actually you probably won't want that antique bit of furniture let them sell it let them sell it now and enjoy the money enjoy what they've got enjoy what you have rather than saving everything for best so many people save stuff for save best, for best yeah. and it's like why this is our life live it use it you know wear the shoes wear the dress yeah right you now know. is best this is yeah, th- yeah. right now is best because no one knows what's going to happen you think oh my god i was waiting for all those things when actually i should have just enjoyed it eat off the best plates don't save don't have 20 plates sitting there for christmas dinner mm. eat, eat off it every sunday eat off every every day you don't need to have 20 sets of cutlery one set is enough. You know, people buy in extremes. Uh, people buy for 24 people because they've got 24 mates. And they think, yeah, but when he comes over, uh, uh, you know, at least we've got some spare stuff. You're buying for people that don't live in your house. That's <laughs> absolutely crazy. But so many people do, don't they? Yeah. You know, you think, oh, I better buy six stools because what happens when we have drinks? But you live in a one-bed flat. There's no space for six stools, but still people are buying it. One thing I've thought about a lot is the the value of stuff. So yeah. when I when I look at my toys, um, I understand that if I'm buying sort of a brand new He-Man toy, mm-hmm. then I know that that's um, three hundred quid now. Wow. But I yeah. know that it's going to triple by the time. No, no, no. Well, yes and no. So where I'm at the stage where I'm old enough for all of the fans of that TV series, Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. to have disposable income where they can and they feel this burst of nostalgia also the prices have gone up because there's been netflix documentaries about toys so that's that's boosted the prices okay but when you look at the cost of um elvis presley records they were at an absolute premium like they were so expensive but now because all of the elvis fans are dying out that you can no now pick up El- yeah you can pick up elvis records for really cheap now yeah because it's almost yeah the people are too old that want that would enjoy that so the value stuff. that we put onto something is only it's the demand good. of the people that want it at the time absolutely and, it's, yeah. and when you were saying about clearing clearing your parents houses all of the stuff that they're holding on to because they think this will be worth something mm-hmm. is only worth it to those people that want to buy it absolutely at that time so what they think that is going to be great at that time um, for you in 10, 20 years, let's hope 30 years, um, it's not going to be worth anything. And we all know what we're like. You know, if we want something out of our parents' houses, we've probably got it already. Yeah. We won't wait 20 years to have it. We'll say, oh, go on, let's just have that now. Because if you're in that mindset where you like antique furniture or you like vintage yeah. pieces, you'll say, go on, mum, let me have it. Please let me just take that now. You don't use it. All you do is, you know, just it just sits there. And your parents go, OK, take it now. But that's what I mean. Take it now. Have it now. Enjoy it now. Because... Trust me, when, when unfortunately your parents pass away, your grandma, your granddad, whoever, your family pass away, it, 
that is not the time where you're going to be thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad I've got this great piece. You just, yeah. you'll need, you'll have, you'll be left with a house that you need to clear. And that is going to cost you money. It's going to cost you 10 grand out of all the inheritance to just to get rid of the stuff because you have to pay people to get rid of stuff. You can't give anything away anymore. We all know that. How hard is it even just to get give something away on Facebook to sell something? You've got to package it. You've got to wrap it. You've got to post it. You've got to, It's all stress that you yeah. will not need. Multiply that by 200 items in a house. It's, uh, that's a lot of stress. I've said to my mum and dad as well, like have your money now and enjoy it and spend it because 100%. like I like they're always talking about like oh no but I will leave you your inheritance whatever I'm like no. I don't want an inheritance no. I want you guys yeah I want you and to like, be here yeah on the day that you die I would give every single penny for like another 10 minutes with you mm. do you know what I mean so absolutely yeah so do not worry about holding on to like oh I, I have to give this to like enjoy the people yeah. while you can like that's why that's why and that's one of the main reasons I said to my husband about my mum moving in with me I said you know this is it will be stressful and it's going to be hard but actually let's do it now and let's because in, in 10 years 20 years time when she goes to sell her house we're going to be like 50 60 mm. you know that's no good to us then to then what buy our first house at 60 years old we need that now so we need to enjoy it now so let's try and see how we can make this work and if that's by her living with us at least we're helping her and she's helping us and we're all getting to a you know, we're all getting a benefit of it now rather than in 20 years because, you know, my mum's tough as old boots, she'll be around forever. <laughs> you know, I'll be waiting till I'm, you know, 30 years. So it's, it's, it's so important. It's so important that you just, you have to live for now and enjoy what you've got now because, you know, there's no point in saving it for a rainy day because it might never come. <clears throat> I think about something recently about, because so many people keep stuff just for nostalgic reason, like yeah. parents have like baby clothes and stuff yeah. from kids who are now 40 or whatever. <laughs> and I was thinking like, if you just took a photo of every single one of those things and printed it into a nice book, yeah. that takes up such a small amount of space on the shelf yeah. and you've got all of those memories in there. You it's can like, see it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's I, there on display. I think you have to, with things like bait, I mean, this is so many, I mean, so many mums, dads keep so many baby toys, so many baby clothes, like boxes and boxes. And I try to say to people, just have one tub and once that tub's full, that's it. So then go back through that tub and look at it again and see what you can change mm. and replace it. Maybe, you know, you've got their favourite jumper or their favourite pair of shoes or their blanket, their baby blanket. That's fine. Keep those things. But just make sure that you get to that one box and then just look through the box again because the way we feel about something today won't be the way we feel about something in six months mm, and again sure. in six years. So keep revisiting things. So if there's a, a box of toys that you're not sure about and you really love them and you're not sure, you put them in a box and you, you, you label it saying to be to be sorted at a later date or something you know like unsure of and then look through it again in six months and think actually do I really want it no because you probably won't so you have to sort of if you don't if you're not ready to part with it straight away on that day put it in a box put it away go and revisit it again because the chances are when you look through your baby stuff again you'll look through it and think actually I don't really want that and especially when, I'm, when our parents, you know, we do finally get that box of baby stuff and all the school books that our mums have kept and all those types of things. And we open it and we're like, oh, no, don't want that, don't want that. We'll chuck it yeah. because we're like that. We're not going to go, oh, I'm so glad she kept that drawing from when I was three that looks like absolutely nothing. Mm. We won't. We'll just think, no, let's, we'll keep some things. We might keep, keep our first year school books. We'll keep our first year's school uniform, maybe our blankets, stuff like that. But not everything. 
you know, as I said, try and keep it to one box. Yeah, I think also like the world we're living in now is so digital, but anyone who's been born within the last eight years has got their full life documented online. Absolutely. Because their parents will have posted it, whereas yeah. some people won't have that yeah. from when they were younger. So yeah. it's like now you don't need to keep all of those things because right. anytime you can just go on Facebook or wherever and just look you can back. Keep it, and yeah. you can... Instagram will pick, pick, print it all off for you. You can't even get companies that do that, don't they? Yeah. Print off all your Instagram pictures for you. But actually... It's funny you said that because I was only saying on Saturday that, so my mum and I actually, even though she lives with us, we don't have a very close relationship because, you know, she was they were never around, they were always working. So my we have a very functional relationship. You know, I come into the house, she sits, She's there's a little conservatory that's old that's going to get knocked down, but we've kept it so she can have that as her own front room. So she's got her own space in our house. So her, our kitchen is separate to her. So she's got the little conservatory on the back and, you know, I'll come in, I'll wave. Do you need a cup of tea? Where's your dinner? Here's that. You know, have you got any washing? All that type, really functional relationship. But when I cook, because I, I was adopted from Sri Lanka, so my mum learnt how to cook Sri Lankan food really well. So when I do a Sri Lankan curry, which I do when I have friends around, which I did on Saturday, that's our time to bond. So I say, oh, mum, I'm doing a curry. Do you want to come and do the lentils or something like that? And she'll come in and that's our time we spend together. And I was thinking, it's really funny because do you know what? I've got not one picture of me, my mum and my dad from when I was young. Mm. Not one physical photo. I can't think of anything. I don't know where they are. So that for me is like, a, oh, God, I can't believe I've not. But it just it, it speaks volumes that. That that there, the fact that I've got not one picture of the three of us together shows how much my mum and dad were working because that is it. All they did was work. So it's so important that you don't just work and that if you have families, you have friends and you have people that you need to spend time with, that you do it. Because now I look back and I feel like, oh, that's a bit sad, but I don't, like I said, my, my, my life now is the bipolar opposite of what I had growing up because you know I'm always with my child she's always with me you know yes I she goes to after school clubs and stuff but that's great um but I spend my weekends as much as I can with her and we do lots of stuff together we take lots of pictures yes it's loads of it's online loads of it's on Instagram but there's memories there Mm -hmm. whereas I think for me I didn't have any because they just worked and worked and worked Mm -hmm. and it's so important that you have that balance and I know we all struggle with that work-life balance but I think when you look back and think of your own childhoods you can probably think oh actually no I've got loads of photos my mum's kept loads so that's important but as long as you're not going to repeat history if you haven't had that then that's what's important. I was talking to a fashion stylist recently actually about like being she's a mother and she was saying she's so glad that she started on a more of a freelance career earlier on because now now she's got a kid she can actually spend a good amount of time with the child whereas if she was working a normal nine to five she couldn't have done that so it's like setting herself up before it even happens like and that's the beauty of it I mean especially when you are self-employed that's the beauty of being self-employed is that actually you can say okay today you know I don't need to work I'm gonna go you know like on Friday I'm gonna go and help with the school trip which I'd never have done before I wouldn't have been able to do in a nine-to-five you know yeah. and my husband goes away for two weeks to work so I can finish early but and I can say right I can come and help you but I can only be there for six hours I need mm-hmm. to be back by six to pick up my child so it's a lot more flexible but we all have mum guilt we all if or even if we're working parent mum father you know that we're not with our children enough but I also think it's really important that your children are seeing you work and seeing you do things yeah. and seeing how hard it is and what life is about because I think if you're just at home and you're not doing things uh, or you're not you know being productive then it's also that's another thing isn't it if children aren't seeing you do anything then where who are they learning from 
So, you know, they only know what you teach them. So it's really important that you're out there doing what you can. 100%. I think the really important question is, what do you do with birthdays and Christmas? What do I do with birthdays Yeah, so if you've got friends who are minimalists yeah. or or people that are you're trying to encourage, or like, or if I'm buying you a Christmas present, yeah, like, how, this is... This is problematic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am. I'm quite. A, I'm a total, total snob when it comes to presents. Um, I've got very expensive taste, but I, I generally. I mean, my poor husband. Come November, December, it's my birthday, Christmas, and my daughter's birthday, so he's <laughs> absolutely skint. Um, but yeah, I, I buy quality over quantity every single time. I'd rather have a really beautiful bit of jewellery, a really a good coat, something that's going to last me forever. Mm. Everything that I've got generally is. I don't buy things unless I think actually I'll have that for a long time and if I think oh it's just going to be for the next couple of weeks or the next month or I'm buying something then I, I give it to my friend who has a pre-loved business and it gets recycled so I don't just buy and throw away but as I said my husband and I have one six foot rail in our room because we're waiting for our wardrobes to be done and that's it that's all our clothes. Both of you. Both of us. Three foot each. Three foot each. That's not or a lot. Or have you got at four all. and he's got two? No, yeah. <laughs> no, he's got more, definitely. I actually don't have a lot. But yeah, for me, I'm all about, I have to have something that lasts. Don't ever buy me anything that's, you know, throwaway or disposable or yeah. something, you know, silly. You know, even if it's a candle, I'd reuse the candle holders, you know, and, and use them as makeup for makeup brushes or something like that. Mm. So buy me something that's a bit more thoughtful rather than just buy me, you know. Or buy yeah, experiences. I, mean, I think nowadays people like um, buy music, you know, buy tickets to concerts, yeah. buy, you know, don't. And I, I and it's funny because now I'm so fully immersed in this whole world, and obviously my everything I do is, is much more. I, I'm showing it online. I'm showing how I live, how I can be more practical, how I can live with less. I'm, for example, my daughter's birthday is coming up, so I'm already thinking right. I don't want I don't want party bags that are going to be full of toot because yeah. that is such a problem. Yeah. It's such a problem for people with kids. They come back with a, a crappy little plastic bag full of crappy toys that when I go to people's houses and do the playrooms, constantly we're just like, yep, bin, 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 because yeah. everything is just toot. So I'm thinking, right, what can I do that's going to be worthwhile to give because this is my business and this is what I am. And don't, to believe me, the mums will be thinking, oh, well, for someone that's a declutterer, she's just given us a bag full of tip for my yeah, child's yeah. birthday party. So there's things now that you can buy for kids' birthday party bags that like a little baking thing. So they can buy how to like bake cookies and you, that's what they'll take home. They'll bake the cookies and they're gone. So everything is in recyclable, you know, cardboard and it's ingredients ingredients that they can make and then they can take something and they can eat it and it's gone it's not just a bag full of toots so I was like that's such a good idea like things like that or or at least a soft toy that they're going to keep for it for much longer yeah rather than it just being plastic rubbish so all these things yeah. are just little things that you can be mindful of aren't they are just by quality not stuff that you think mm, they're just not going to use that buy a good mm. coffee table book buying quality is so important and I think the reason that I made three grand over the past month uh, on eBay is because stuff. I've yeah it's because it holds its value the stuff yeah. that I was selling on I think, so if mm. I've got a shirt from Top Man I yeah. know that that's not gonna yeah. that's no one's buying that on eBay <laughs> no. um, but whereas I've bought quality stuff it's all held its value and I've and I've done really well on eBay with it absolutely I think if you're it's so much better to think 
do you know what? I'm going to save for another month and go and do a big splurge in Selfridges or somewhere and mm-hmm. buy something beautiful. Go and buy yourself a really good couple of really lovely T-shirts or some jumpers or jeans that are going to last you forever. I've got jeans I've had for so long. You know, I always buy really good quality jeans that will last years and years that I don't need to ever replace. You know, I don't buy really cheap throwaway fashion because it's just no point because I want something that's going to last. Yeah. And I think, but I think we're, we're switching on to that idea much more. Yeah, uh, because and like you said look you've, you've earned so much money because you've got quality things and everyone who's bought my stuff has mm. got quality things that they've bought absolutely and, yeah. and that's the thing is that They're you don't necessarily to... have to go to selfridges you can go on depop or you can go on ebay or or tar- charity shops yeah like... you i i love but i i'm i'm a like Bista Village lover. I love a bargain, but I like it cheaper. I like expensive things, but I will always look on eBay, on Vestiaire, on all of those types of places. Vestiaire, I can never say it properly. Anyway, any of all of those types of places, I'm constantly, like I said, I buy things from my friends' pre-love companies because I think, oh, actually, that's more of a bargain because, you know, that was a £600 dress. I'm Mm. getting it for 200 quid, But it's still a beautifully made dress that at least it's going to last me for ages. Uh, same with shoes same with bags um you know all these things like you said you can buy for a quarter of the price but it's been well looked after because you're buying it from somewhere i've got a friend who and uh, our friend jay you can tell that his identity is not tied up in his appearance to the outside world his identity is not built on what he's wearing so he's always in like black jeans black t-shirt i can't tell you what he would at all yeah. yeah so you don't yeah, even, yeah. you don't even think of it but you think of the character and you yeah, think of the yeah. person of like oh there's jay he's yeah. hilarious he's he's whatever he's like such a pure genuine good person but and i and i've sort of learned a lot from him of like you don't need to be because i love nice clothes yeah but since knowing jay i've like really toned back on everything and like yeah, you, you don't have to be excessive yeah and i'm spending yeah. so much less than yeah. I, than i used to it's funny, isn't it, how we shop? And it's really interesting that the way we shop has changed. And, and I think when I do do wardrobes, which I do a lot of, um, I try and educate people to, you know, you don't have to have 25 different tops. You don't have to have something yeah. new all the time. You can just buy really good... You can have a couple of pairs of jeans and mix and match them with stuff you've got in your wardrobe or, re, you know, try and love something that you've had in your wardrobe for ages that maybe you've not been looking at properly because you couldn't see it. Yeah. So we'll bring back out that yeah. blazer and that actually fitted really well that you spent a lot of money on, but we're going to wear it in a different way. You can wear it on the school run with some Converse and some trainers and, yeah. you know, it doesn't always have to be just for work. You can wear that beautiful silk shirt that you've been wearing for work, but now you're you're not working in an office environment anymore. You can wear that silk shirt with jeans and trainers go, you know, however wear it with yeah. boots do it on the school run you can still look quite chic and edgy with stuff that you've got in your wardrobe and it's trying to teach people to shop from their own wardrobes again and use things that are in their house and reuse things and recycle things rather than just thinking oh i haven't got anything to wear most people when they think of what well, i haven't got anything to wear it's because they haven't really looked in their wardrobe mm-hmm. for a long time i mean when was the last time you really pulled everything out of your wardrobe and put it back in when was the last time you both did that um, my, oh, sorry we've run out of time on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine not too recently so like for me like multi-use of clothing is so important so I've basically got yeah. a pile of t-shirts pile of trousers I could pick any of those put them together yeah. and that's an outfit Excellent. so there's no yeah. thought there at all yeah. in terms of what I have to wear mm. um, but if I buy anything I'll never buy something unless I think well this could be worn with that like yeah. I'll I like I've been out with my girlfriend she's like I really like this shirt and I was like but I don't have anything that would go with that so mm. I'm not so I would never wear it or it'd be like then you have to different. buy everything to go yeah, with it exactly, exactly. You, I, that's it I, I'm like that I'll buy things and I think right 
that's got to be able to go with everything. This has got to be able to go with everything. This dress has got to be able to go, you know, so that you can really wear it and wear it and yeah. wear it. Because then you've always got something to wear. But because as long as you have, it's, it's clean, yeah, it's, it's exactly. available. But it's really hard because obviously when you become, when you, you become bigger on Instagram and you become an influencer and people are watching you, so much of it is about visual, isn't it? So much of it is about what you're wearing, especially for women. I mean, as men as well, because obviously men will follow you and they'll look at your style. They'll love what you're saying, but they're also looking at what you are, aren't they? We sell, people sell, and that's what people want to see. You know, when they see me, if I do posts um, with a, the same dress on as I had in another thing, people are going to go, oh, she's in the same dress. They've got nothing to learn from it. So it's really funny because I have to think about it. You have to think, oh, okay, I can't do another post, which is silly because my whole ethos is about yeah. reusing and recycling. So I always have to remind people, oh, you'll probably see me in the same thing a couple of times because I don't go out and shop all the time. If you see me in something new, you'll know it because there'll be a picture of me in it and I'll keep wearing it for the next six months and then I'll post another picture yeah, of something else. I mean, me and him and... are always in the same in the yeah. same gear, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I think we we hope that it's the content that... that Absolutely. That that's, tells the story rather than, that's yeah. What I, that's what I try and make sure that I am about. A, a lot of what I talk about is, is, is pictures of houses, it's pictures of stuff. It's not me. I don't want to, it to be about me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, it's me going into your house and me changing things, but predominantly that's, it's not about what I'm wearing and what I'm doing. And actually, the, I go into house, houses and I wear a uniform. So I have black leggings and a black T-shirt which says Declutter Dollies on it. Yeah. And that is my work uniform, mm-hmm. Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. I have three pairs of leggings, three T-shirts, and they get washed and changed rotated so I've only got two days to wear clothes so it's fine at the weekends I don't have to have much but also the reason I wear that t-shirt and leggings is because I don't want to be one of these women that comes in and does your wardrobe or does your house and looks all fancy schmancy and is like oh look she looks so glam because I'm in people's housing that's quite intimidating you're you're, I'm in your personal private space and I want you to feel as relaxed as possible I never want to come in and you suddenly think oh my god she looks lovely and she's going to look you know oh god and feel any way threatened or feel like they're not comfortable in their own homes and there's nothing worse than that and I've spoken to people that have had people in their houses that do what I do and say well she was great but actually she was a bit it was all very it was all very professional whereas you know I think people feel like when I come into their houses and you know I don't I don't look all glammed up it's very basic it's really self aware of you actually yeah it's just to, it's just to be that I think that's really important because I don't ever want anyone to feel like you know I'm going through people's private stuff I'm going through drawers and you know their underwear drawers their their wardrobes and I'm pulling out everything there's no mm. stone unturned so it's not like I'm just going to come in and they can hide anything because I'm I'm you completely find I'm going <laughs> to find it I always say to people I send a disclaimer and I say if there is anything that you do not want me to find make sure that you put it somewhere completely because <laughs> I will find it <laughs> there I is you've nothing you've seen some horrors uh, yeah there's been some funny things that I've, I've found but I'm so discreet I'm very good at finding boxes and bags and stuff and going just putting it under the bed for a minute until until I've done that wardrobe and put it back in or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's fine. But and then you know, most people they're very comfortable with me, so it's all you know, it's all fun and you know, I, there's nothing I haven't seen. There's nothing I haven't seen. <laughs> I've read articles about you that have said that you're the UK's um, Mary Kondo. I like to think I am. Oh, I think I'm. I, I, do you know what? No, I, I, I love that that people say that. Okay, but, great, because that's why I was going to ask whether that whether that annoyed you or whether no. it's been. Has she been good for business? Oh, she's her been. Oh, she's utterly changed the way that people 
look at their houses mm. and that for me is incredible um the thing with Marie Kondo is she doesn't actually physically do it so she will go into your house she will teach you and educate you which is incredible uh, uh as to what you need to do and you know how that you should look at each item and that type I am far more like I'm like hands much on. more hands-on I come in I don't just teach I teach you about it as well but I physically do it so she doesn't change your space she just teaches you how to live in a more controlled environment, in, in a clearer, calmer environment, but she doesn't change your space. Mm. And I noticed that on her Netflix documentaries, when she does people's kitchen cupboards or she'll go in and say, OK, well, you could reduce this, reduce that, reduce that. It's all very calming. And, I mean, she's obviously got this natural calming effect on people, which is great because that's what people look to. But it's very what is very funny is that every home I go into has got the Marie Kondo book yeah the life of Ch- the Ch- well, how, i can't even remember what it's called but yeah they've got her book and i think oh this has worked well hasn't it <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it's it doesn't matter how much you read in things terms of trying to declutter you can read a book on decluttering but you're still going to need help and, and actually the quickest way is just to do it i'm like don't even waste 15 minutes reading the book Spend 15 minutes changing something in your house. That, for me, is very important. I'm like, actually, you could have done that in 15 minutes. You could have changed your cutlery drawer. You could have done your wardrobe, gone through it, cleared it out in 15 minutes. In a dolly dash. In a dolly dash. I don't think you needed to have, you know, spent 15 minutes reading about what you're going to do. Be practical. Just do it. But I'm very much like that. I'm quite tough in that respect. I'm like, what are we talking about? Let's go and do it. Because as soon as I walk into your house, it'll be, hi, how are you? What are we doing? Let's get stuck in. Not let's, right, let's have a consultation. Let's sit here for 15 minutes and talk about how we're going to change it. Let's talk about it for an hour. Let's have a couple of meetings before I actually come and do it. I'm just like, show me the room. Let's get it done and turn it around. It's all very quick and all very... I want to be in and out like you do. You don't want me in, in your house for that long. You want me to come in and do it. Digging around go. my boxes under <laughs> my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Looking under, yeah, exactly. No, no one wants me in there for that long. So, um, no, I think she's been great. Like Mrs Hinch, you know all these people that have just gone stratospherically crazy mm. I think oh my god how incredible you can't do anything but admire you um, and think how something so simple because they have revolu- the two, those two people have revolutionised the world for me because now people are aware of actually there are services like this. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, the best piece the best, best thing anyone ever said to me was what's for you won't pass you and I've got that tattooed on my foot actually and I and I really believe in that. What's for you? What's won't for pass you, you won't pass you. So if it's meant to be, it'll be basically. And I believe that. And I and I think it's weird because now I'm in this environment and this is my what has become my job. It's crazy because actually I, I was doing this forever. Mm. You know, I was doing this at six years old at my neighbour's house, helping them clear out their cupboards and tidy. And I didn't see it as anything back then. But look at where it's come to now. And all those things that I thought were negatives when I was growing up have actually turned out to be positives. You know, waiting in a supermarket till 8 o'clock at night, packing supermarket bags, organising those, talking to people, being friendly, being able to talk to anyone. You know, being on my own, being independent has made me now be able to go and work in anyone's houses from a one-bedroom flat to a £10 million house. It doesn't matter where I am, I can sit with anyone, I can relate to anyone, I can just be. And that's because of the way I've been brought up, you know. As I said, I was on my own for a long time, you know, sort of independently. Um, I haven't got any brothers or sisters. So, you know, I've always... my, My friends have always been really close to me, so... I think that has really helped me now in my career. 
and all like I said, all the things that I thought could have been negatives growing up, not having not having brothers or sisters, not having a close family, made me independent and strong enough to go into other people's houses and help them. And it gave me that want to look after other people because I was looked after. And for all my mum and dad's faults working all that time, they still went out of their way to another country to adopt a child, to give me a house, to give me a home mm. and to give me all this opportunity, which I would never have had in Sri Lanka. So I'm forever, ever grateful. So I think that's why my mum living with me now, I think this is my time to pay back because actually you didn't have to come and get me from Sri Lanka. You could have adopted from this country. Mm. The fact that you went out of your way and spent years to try and get me. So they found me when I was seven weeks old, but they didn't bring me home till 1983. So it took them three years. Three years is a long time to go through an adoption process. And even now, adoption is really, really hard. So it's I see that. But I think my end goal will be to do that myself. Because we, we haven't had another child yet, which I'd like to. So I think eventually we will adopt. Because I'd like it to go full circle. Yeah. That's lovely. And mm. um, where can people find you online? Um, at Declutter Dollies on Instagram. Or declutterdollies.com, my website. But... You'll always see me, find me somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully Great. someone will be talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so lovely. Thanks, Thanks for listening. We're trying to help a lot of people with this show, so we need your help to grow the community and spread our message. If you know someone who'd benefit from hearing what we talked about today, or they just need a little nudge in the right direction, pass this podcast on to them. If you want to hear more, then subscribe to us on iTunes. And if we helped you with anything, we'll really love you forever. If you can leave us an iTunes review, it makes a huge difference. See ya.